Welcome back to the Greenlight Podcast. This is Jackson here. And Lauren. And we are here, back to our original format, back to our OG days, Lauren. We are here. You seem distracted. What's going on? Sorry, I, I was looking at a new review that whoa, we got. Whoa, whoa. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it hateful? Uh, it's, a, it's a good review. They actually okay. gave us a suggestion for some movies we could do. So oh, we'll have to look cool. at that for our next season. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, so I guess... Read the review and then we'll talk about our seasons. Yeah, sure. So um, here's our new review. Uh, if you have not already rated and review us on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. It really helps the show. Uh, this is from Liss RN, L-Y-S-S-R-N. Oh, wait. She's done reviews before. Oh, okay. Well, then they might have changed their review. This is from Saturday. Okay, cool. Uh, so they said uh, five stars. Uh, they titled it Movie. They said, uh-uh. can you please do Big Hero 6 and Scoob? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I miss we, who is that? Yeah. And uh, why and where did you two start dating Christian out? So I guess their name uh-huh. is Christian. Okay. Well, Christian, first off, uh, we talked about Scoob on this show before, I think actually. we did as a detour. Yeah. yeah. Not as like a, a big proper discussion, but yeah, yeah. I, ugh, I have no idea what episode it was, but we could yeah, probably go neither. back through our descriptions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look back through our episodes for Scoob. We could do Big Hero 6. I've never watched Big Hero 6. I've never seen it either. I've heard it's really underrated. Yeah. So that that might be a good one to do as well. Yeah. Um, what and, else did uh, they say? They also said they miss Who Is That. So speaking of oh, Who Is true. That, if you are a Who Is That listener who has migrated to this show. Um, Thank you. So I guess now would be a good time to talk about our seasons for this show. Go for it. So basically, this is our season three finale. This is our 20th episode of our third season. So what that means basically is that we will be taking two weeks off briefly from the show. Um, But in lieu of that, we will be putting some stuff on Patreon. So uh, one thing that we talked about doing for a hot minute for the Masked Singer podcast on Patreon is um, potentially watching a little bit of one of the other countries' mass Singer shows and talking about it on our Patreon. Potentially. We might do a different idea depending on depending on whatever. Um, <laughs> just because Jackson it might be... Jackson gave me a panic Well, look. just because it might be a lot to watch a full season of another uh, version of the mass Singer, but we'll figure no, it out. for sure. But we'll, I mean, you know... We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we're going to do. But, but we, in any case, we are definitely planning on doing a Patreon episode for the mass Singer. Yes, we we'll are. We'll put a preview of that on our main feed so that all those people who don't follow us on social media... Yeah, exactly. ...can find it. Uh, and then we're also probably going to do a couple... One or two ramble episodes... For our Patreon for this at the one dollar level. Yeah, so. so we'll we'll be planning on seeing we're planning on seeing some new movies. Yeah, uh, in the, in, next, in week. the next week. So we will uh, we'll we'll bring those to you on our on our weeks off. Yeah. Uh, obviously not like full episodes. Obviously just our thoughts, just a little quick whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get when you're Patreon. You never miss out on a week of content that's from us. That's right. Uh, so yeah, uh, rate and review us on iTunes like LissRN did and does. Um, please, uh, follow us on social media. We just posted today, which was yesterday, and we probably posted today, too, depending on when you're listening to this, or yeah. <laughs> whatever, whenever you're listening to it. But, follow us on social media at TGL underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Do that. At Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, but back to, uh, um, what we are doing this week. 
Yes. Uh, we, we are going back to our uh, original format. Yeah, which is what we do once a month now. Yes. In our new format. Yes, exactly. So what we'll be doing, uh, we will be having a quick little detour segment, probably only like 20 minutes. Then we're going to be reading a segment of a script. Uh, the script is called An Iron Fist in a Velvet Glove by Leopold Shroudolf. I believe I said that correctly. Yeah. Leopold, hopefully if you're listening to this you uh, prove. And then we are going to be uh, interviewing Leopold, uh, which, spoiler alert, we already did. Uh, so uh, we're going to have all of that together in this episode, yeah. once again, like the old days. That's right. Um, yeah. Shall we then dive into our, our little detours? Let's dive. Our little silly movies that we watched in the past couple weeks? Yeah. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first, my love? Um, what, what are you doing? I am doing Fear Street Part 1, 1994. And what are you doing? I, also uh, I am doing Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> so um, both on Netflix right now, even yeah. though I think Muppets Most Wanted was on Disney Plus or probably will be going back to Disney Plus soon. Sure. Um, uh, how about yeah. you go first? Okay. So, yeah, I just really wanted a break yesterday because I've been working a lot. Yes, she has. Um, yeah, so I got home yesterday after i guess working for like eight hours total but i was done by like i got back at like 3 15 ish maybe yeah and i was like i am going to eat some vegan cake and watch a movie and that movie was muppets most wanted so yes, the sequel to the newer uh muppet movie with jason siegel jason siegel yeah um and amy adams That's um except man. neither of them are in this oh um yeah. Yeah, so basically in this movie, the Muppets have recently gotten together, as they did in the previous movie, um, to stop an oil baron from tearing down their studio. Um, and they want to kind of ride that high. You know, they're back together now. They want to figure out what they're going to do. Are they going to make a sequel? You know, or, I mean, it's kind of meta. They t clearly did make a sequel. But what they decide to do with the help of Ricky Gervais mm -hmm. is... good. Go on a world tour. Uh, and and Ricky Gervais, I don't remember his character's first name, but his last name is Bad Guy. Okay. That's a little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> you, you, you see where it's going with his character. Yeah. Um, so basically, they decided to go on a world tour um, that is all part of the plan from the world's most dangerous frog, Constantine, who mm -hmm. is in the gulag in Siberia yep. and looks just like Kermit, but with a mole. Yep, just like him. Yeah, so basically his sort of plot, as you probably already know from seeing, I know I saw so many previews for this movie mm -hmm. when it was coming out. Um, it, um, yeah, he is trying to replace Kermit, send Kermit to the gulag, mm. and eventually steal the, the crown jewels. Yep. So, yeah, so there's that, and Ricky Gervais is his number two. Um, as with all Muppet movies, there are so many celebrity cameos, um, or, or even just, like, fully featured or supporting roles. Um, so Tina Fey... Uh, runs the gulag mm -hmm. and is Good. in love with Kermit. Ah, uh, makes sense. Uh, Lady Gaga has a five-second cameo where she sings a line about five-second cameos. Oh, nice. Uh, Chloe Grace Moritz has one. Um, Russ Lynch, or Ross Lynch has one. He's a Disney Channel Yeah, I star. believe Ross. Yeah, 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 Ross Lynch. Okay. Um... Gosh, who else is in this movie? There are just like all kinds of like oh, Stanley Tucci is in this for the a minute. Tooch. The Tooch. The Tooch yeah. makes an appearance. That uh, makes it a good movie. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's like every time you see somebody, it's like oh, I know them. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just how Muppet movies are. So it's so much fun. Uh, I thought the music was pretty fun. Um, I don't know that the music was as good as the first new Muppet movie, but I thought that this one was probably funnier as a whole. That's good. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. 
props props to the Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. Uh, and you said that was on Netflix, correct? It's on Netflix right now. It probably will be leaving for Disney Plus soon. So sure. go check that out. So if you have Netflix, watch it now. If you have Disney Plus, watch you it in a time. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Uh, uh, very nice and succinct Muppets Most Wanted uh, uh Detour. Thank you. Quick detour. Quick detour. Quick detour. Yes. I guess we didn't really explain what we do for detours on this, even though that's kind of what our show is the other three weeks, except condensed. Yeah. Whatever. We're not really Y'all doing any it. analysis. It's kind of just what we thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about things we've seen. And like I teased earlier, uh, I saw uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Uh, so uh, a quick synopsis. A circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Wow. Welcome to Shadyside. Shadyside. That's the name of their town. So Why do they call it Fear Street then instead of Shadyside? I don't know. I, I can't remember if like the uh, Fear Street comes up. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyways, so basically there are these two towns. One of them Shadysides, one of them is Sunnyvale. Uh, I believe Sunnyvale is the other one. Something like that. Anyways, so basically Sunnyvale is the rich town. Shadyside is kind of the poorer town. And obviously there's been a bunch of crime happening throughout uh, Shadyside for a while. It turns out there's this ancient evil witch who's a part of it. Now, so the interesting thing about this, uh, this is uh, based on a series of books by R.L. Stein. Oh, Uh, yeah. we know him. It's it's an R.L. Stein property uh, written by Kyle Killen and Phil uh, Graziedi. Graziedi. And directed by uh, Leigh Janiak. Jesus, these are some tough names for me right now. Um, it is also starring Kiana Madeira, Olivia Scott Welch, Benjamin Flores Jr., Dr- Julia Raywald, and Fred Heikinger. Um, so, this is the first of three movies coming out on Netflix. This first one came out uh, about a week ago, I believe. The next one's going to come out in about a week. And then the third one is going to be about two weeks after that second one. There you go. So they're all releasing, a yeah, a, a trilogy of movies releasing um, in quick succession, which that's I think is wild. Kinda, I mean, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Like I guess if you're a streaming service, you can kind of just do that. But that's exactly. It's so unusual for someone to be like, "We're gonna make all three movies at once," rather than being like, "We're gonna make the first movie test the waters, see if yeah. it needs a sequel." Exactly. Exactly. So but, that's kind of cool. Mean, I can imagine this probably wasn't too tough to make like i i imagine they could do it with all that practical effects and and stuff like that so yeah and you know i mean the cast for the most part is relatively unknown it's a it's a largely sort of it's a it's a teen horror movie is is what you would call it um so like you know a a fairly unknown cast i imagine rl stein's probably getting a pretty penny from it but overall i mean it's probably pretty easy just to crank out three and I, i i like i like the concept of it i think it's cool but the interesting thing is fear street part one is set in 1994 Fear Street Part 2 is set in, like, 1978. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. And then the uh, first one is set in 16... Or the third one is set in 1666. So when the, like, original murders happen. Yeah. You know what? I bet they're called Fear Street because that sounds like a Goosebumps book. I bet that's what the books were called. Yeah, I, I well, I'm sure. Okay. That, yeah, the books were definitely called Fear Street. Okay. Um, but I don't anyways, know why I just was having trouble putting that together. You're good. Uh, so it's just interesting the way they're doing this, especially this being the most recent of the movies, time-wise, but the first one in the series. It'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Yeah. Um. So overall, just my my thoughts about this movie. Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Like, if if you like R.L. Stein, like if you like Goosebumps kind of teen horror, uh, this is gonna be it, it's it's a fun one. Yeah. It's it's certainly not a perfect movie, um, but 
I I think that it, it it has a lot of fun, especially if you're watching it with some friends. Um, and I will say, if if it did one thing, it got me excited about potentially uh, seeing these other Fear Street movies. Yeah, you I know? liked that they had the trailer for the second one right at the end of the first one. That oh yeah, really I guess fun. you did. I guess you did see. I see saw the, the tail end. The, the tail end of it, so Lauren got a bit of, of it spoiled for. Her. Yeah, but um, I didn't understand it though, so that's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I would definitely suggest watching this. Um, I guess uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but uh, I- I'll just talk about it for a little bit. Um, I think it's a, a bit of a fun homage to uh, Scream, actually. Um, the the opening scene because uh, Maya Hawk is actually in the opening scene mm-hmm. uh, and if you don't know who Maya Hawk is it's Ethan Hawk's daughter um, and uh, she's a fairly well known actress she was in um, the most recent season of Stranger Things she was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood etc cetera, etc cetera. so kind of up and coming yeah. but she uh, not in the exact same way but kind of in a similar way to Drew Barrymore in Scream she dies in the first ten minutes. Kind of, kind of the okay, yeah. the biggest star of the movie, at least at the time, um, you know, sort of, sort of falling prey to the killer right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a phone call that happens to kind of similar. Once okay. again, not exact, but it's. And like we I kind of like that fun homage. Like we talked about when we did our scream episode. Yes. Um, you know, I think that's interesting because, like, if you see, oh, well, this stars Drew Barrymore. She's on the poster, you know, and yeah, then exactly. like. You don't expect her to die right at the beginning, so it's like it's makes it unexpected. So yeah. that's really fun. Yeah, for sure. And while Maya Hawk is not on the poster, I think it is bold of them to start off with her and then to be like, "Oh, bye bye. See ya." She's not actually. Bye. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, uh, I think it's worth a watch. It's on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix subscription, it feels like it's free. Um, yeah. So definitely, definitely go and check it out. And then if you like it, watch the other two. If you don't, you don't have to. So I think that's it for us. As far as our detours, unless you have anything else to say, Lauren. I think that's it. So, when we come back, we'll be reading An Iron Fist and a Velvet Glove by Leopold Schraudolf. See you soon. Boom. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light. We are reading an Iron Fist and a Velvet Glove by Leopold Traudolf. Yes. Um, but we are actually reading an excerpt of it. So this is a feature-length script. This is towards the end-ish. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to give you a little bit of a briefing on what has happened up to this point. Sounds perfect. So this is kind of a bottle episode of a movie. There mm-hmm. are there are a whole bunch of people that are on a starship crew so this is a sci-fi but it's also a mystery because pretty early on we find out that someone on this starship is a traitor Mm -hmm. someone dumped the fuel people have been dropping like flies getting killed um starting with captain lawrence atwood Mm -hmm. um and then let me see moving on to uh pierce i think is the next one who is the captain who is very much a loyalist to the uh royal uh, the royalty in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. After that, I believe right before this, uh, Lyria, who is the medic, who um, has definitely something secret about her past, kind of secretly came from nobility. Yeah. Um, she dies right before this scene that we're about to read. Um, so who we're seeing now is Jade, who is, you know, definitely a little bit more um, liberal and also just sort of... Um, outspoken about her political beliefs yes um and she is the mechanic the engine mechanic uh and then ash who is the gunner Mm -hmm. um and he's known jade for a really long time Mm -hmm. uh and harrison who is an infantry man he's about to retire and is going to get like literally shot off to his retirement planet 
uh, on this mission. Um, yeah. Basically, what they're trying to do in this mission is blow up an enemy station that they're using to um, communicate with all yeah. their different ships. Mm-hmm. I think that catches us up. Yeah, and uh, so I will be reading for the character of Ash. And I will... Oh, and you're also doing action lines. And I'm also going to be doing action lines. Yeah, yes. so we'll try to make that as not confusing as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will be reading for Jade, and then we also have Kenny Hartling back with us again today. Uh, he's not here right now, but he'll be with us in a minute to read for Harrison. Yep. So without further ado, let's jump into let's it. Let's dive. Interior engine room moments later. Jade is sitting in the engine room alone. A note is slipped under her door. Jade, I've been a fool. All along, I've done his bidding. I'm sorry, it's just that he knows about my family. If I hadn't cooperated, he said he'd hurt them. I want to tell you everything. Be ready in an hour, the others will sleep, and I will speak to you without their noticing. Lyria. Montage of Jade sitting in various places and positions to portray that roughly four hours have passed. Suddenly, the door opens and Ash enters. Jade jumps up. Ash, I can explain. You don't need to. I have to apologize for mistrusting you. I... I just found the medic dead in the bridge. Oh my god, Lyria. How did it happen? I think she was shot. Listen, I'm so sorry for not believing you, especially after all we've been through. I've, I've been a bad friend. It's I... okay. I forgive you. Just tell me what you know. Right. We had decided to rest a little before we strike. I was restless, however, and couldn't get any sleep, so I decided to check on Lyria in the bridge. She was sleeping there in case the scanners picked up anything. Shit. When I entered... I saw her corpse on the ground. I immediately came here because I knew what it meant. That sly old infantryman. Why was he even on board? I don't know. Undoubtedly, he smuggled his way on board to foil our operation. So, you haven't seen him yet? No, but in about ten minutes we were going to have breakfast and plan the strike. Here's what I propose. I go to the breakfast. Undoubtedly, he'll be ready with a gun to finish me off. That's why I'll hide mine and try to get the first shot off under the table. Then you come from the back. If we can take him alive, even better. No, he's a soldier. He'll notice your gun. Give it to me and go unarmed. Let him think himself in safety. You try to get a confession out of him, and then I'll come and hold him at gunpoint. This way we've got better odds. I don't know. You say you trust me? So trust me. Okay? Ash gives her his gun. Okay. Ready? Ash nods. Okay, then get him talking. I'll come in five minutes. He stands up and leaves the room, sending one glance back. She stares after him, then her gaze and the camera pan together to the screens on the wall. She opens the menu and looks for the recording her camera made. Flashback to when Jade placed the camera. She opens the recording and sees Lyria sleeping in her chair. Then the door opens and she stands up. She turns around and looks happy. Then her face suddenly goes pale. A pair of gloves and a gun enter the frame. They shoot and Lyria crumples to the floor. Jade pauses the recording. She goes to the frame where the gloves are visible. Close-up of Jade. Her face grows pale as she recognizes the gloves she had given Ash. You bastard. Interior living quarters moments later. Jade sneaks towards the living room. Ash and Harrison are sitting and eating. Ash sees her when she arrives at the door. He looks poignantly at Harrison. The medic is dead. What? I found her in the bridge. She was shot. They both stare at each other. I didn't do it. Yeah, right. Jade steps through the door with the gun raised. What's going on here? We're apprehending you. It's bad enough you played me against her. It's over. The three stare each other down. The infantryman's hand glides down to the pistol in his holster. 
The tension rises. He's about to pull it when Jade suddenly points her pistol at Ash, who is caught by surprise. No. I know it was you, Ash. Ash and Harrison are both equally confused. No. No, I'm on your side. I told you I was sorry. You forgave me. That's before I knew you were a murderer. I'm not. He is. You've got something mixed up. You were like a brother to me. Everything we've been through. Jade, put down the gun. Let's talk about this. Tie him against the chair. Harrison stands up and does so. Stop this madness! I'm innocent! You can stop lying. I saw it. What are you talking about? A while ago, I planted a little camera in the bridge because I mistrusted the navigator. Ash grows pale. Now you can imagine my surprise when I saw the gloves I gifted you shoot her in the back of the head. Ash stares down, silent. He's not wearing the gloves. Why'd you do it? He slowly stares up. I didn't do it. Please believe me. I would never harm you, you know that. I did dump the fuel, though. Thinking that when the choice is between the mission and survival, the crew would choose survival. You were wrong. Yes. So I had to become more extreme. We both know the strategic importance of this mission. If we succeed, we practically open a whole other chapter of the war. If we fail, that's it. The war's over. But we can't lose against them. They'll be horrid to us. No more horrible than this war is. I lost Amber, Jade, and my entire family because the king made an error in his muse. The war has gone on so long that we massacre our own people. My wife massacred by the people I'm fighting alongside of. I'm very sorry for your loss, Ash. I truly am. Amber was lovely, and I know you miss her dearly, but you can't bring her back from the dead. No one can cross sticks and return with their loved ones. You can only care for those still alive. If we lose this war, the bombing of Byrus won't be the only massacre. We need to finish this mission. We owe it to the people back home. No. I won't take part in this any longer. I will not fire that torpedo. Ash, you will fire that torpedo. I would rather be dead than be responsible for the progress of this war. Very well. Harrison raises his pistol and shoots Ash in the head. He drops to the floor, lifeless. What the hell did you do? You said he'd rather be dead. We needed him to fire the torpedo. No, I can do that. But he was my friend. He murdered your other friends. I was getting through to him. He would have helped us. I doubt it. But still, you don't just shoot people. He deserved a trial. We didn't have the time for that. If you go around shooting people without a fair trial, you're no better than him. He stares at her. No, I'm not. She sighs. A tear rolls down her cheek. We're one hour away. Are you ready? Let's do it. Wait, when were we supposed to send you into orbit with Astolfo Solaris? For your retirement? Harrison smiles. Hours ago, but it doesn't matter. I doubt you'll be able to manage alone. Besides, I'm not sure retirement would have suited me anyways. No, this isn't right. With all due respect, Jade, you need me. I'm staying. Let's finish this together. Okay. You're right. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. 
I'm Jackson here. I'm Lauren. And who are we here with today, Lauren, our writer of the week? Yeah, we are here with our writer of the week of An Iron Fist in a Velvet Glove by Leopold Trolldolf. Did I pronounce that okay? No, that was perfect. Hey, guys. That was that was perfect. Okay. Hey, how's it going <laughs> today, Leopold? I'm great. Yeah, I had a very nice day um, and uh, having a nice evening as well. Well, very good. And that, that's a that's a good segue into sort of our first question. So uh, for Lauren and I, we're in Los Angeles, as you all know. It's about 4.30 p.m. here today. Uh, Leopold, how about you tell everybody where you are and what time it is where you are? Well, um, I'm in Munich. I moved here two weeks ago, and it's about 1.30 in the morning right now. And so wow, everyone, Leopold amazing. is a champ, so uh, you give him props uh, if you ever happen to run into him. Uh, if you ever visit Munich, uh, well, yeah, th- thank you so much again for for doing that, and congratulations on the move. That's that's thank pretty you. exciting. Yeah. yeah, I hope you're liking it so far. Yeah, it is um, exciting. I haven't really had time to process it yet. Um, pretty much the day I got here, I um, helped out at the Munich Film Festival, and that's how I've been spending oh, wow. my evenings. Uh, I mean, awesome. yeah, that that's still pretty exciting, I would say. So, <laughs> so very good, very good. That's awesome to hear that uh, that things are going well for you. Yeah. So we always like to ask everybody this: What is your writer origin story? How did you get started writing? Um, I, I'd say out of necessity because I wanted <laughs> to create movies, and to create a movie, you need a story. Uh, I didn't have anyone with a story uh, ready to be filmed. Um, so I wrote one together with a friend and that turned out to be our first short film. And since then I've been making short films on my own and with other people. Um, and usually I write the stuff myself. Um, but I have done a few short stories by other people as well. That's awesome. That's very cool. What was your first short about? Oh boy. Um, all right. (laughs) It, It was a satire about the school system as well as drugs so it was set in the school and the drugs were represented by chewing gum and people who would chew the chewing gum would turn oh, all, sure. all sleepy and whatever right so there's this very um up-and-coming young guy and he wants to be a student president so he makes it his vow to the school to end um the the, the gum problem the movie is called gum point it's not particularly <laughs> good but um, that was a good story. No, that sounds fun. That yeah, that's sounds how, that sounds funny to me. I'm gonna need you to send us a link so that we can watch. Um, <laughs> but no, that that's awesome, and I think that's cool that you sort of your first desire was just to like make something, you know, and then you're like, okay, well, how do I make something if I don't have anything? And then you're like, well, how about I how about I write that thing? And so I think that's really cool, just uh, just just that process that you sort of went through. Yeah, and I mean, especially that you went from writing shorts to writing, you know, this like 73, I think, page script. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 feature length uh, script, which I think is sort of a good segue into some questions about said feature length script. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned when you emailed us, and um, obviously we only got to read an excerpt of this, but uh, yeah. we we did give we a did, lot of backstory. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about sort of um, the the script up until the point that we recorded. Yeah. Um. So w- when you emailed us, you said that this story is darker in tone than most sci-fi stories, and is also more grounded, which I think we definitely saw in in our script reading and just. In, in reading it ourselves. Uh, so I, I would, my first question is talk about your inspiration, sir, for sort of subverting these typical sci-fi standards and why you chose to set this smaller story in a science fiction world. Um, all right. So the reason the story is set where it's set on a spaceship 
with one or two rooms is that I can film it myself <laughs> one day with a small crew. Um, That's a very good definitely reason. Definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that was the constraint, right? And then I wanted to have as little characters as possible. Um, but I also wanted to write something where I would train the, the skill of writing a little bit. So I chose to do a murder mystery because I thought writing suspense and uh, mystery is hard. So I wanted to do that. Um, and yeah, my inspirations, of course, I, I love Star Wars, um, goes without saying. But um, I had also read Dune at the time. And oh, I've sure. okay. seen a movie called Das Boot. Uh, oh, the yeah. Boat. Yeah, it's, it's a mm -hmm. German movie. Um, rather similar, um, if I think about it now. But uh, <laughs> yeah. We won't that, tell anyone, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. that's, I I actually love that how you you put this constraint on yourself like okay I need to do something that I can do that um that I could feasibly do with you know whatever however small of budget you have however small of people you have but also giving yourself the challenge of writing this kind of larger scale story in theory you know with science fiction so I sort of love those two opposing things and I think they work well together in 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 this script yeah and I also think what uh what makes it different from something like Star Wars is that you know I was talking to Jackson about this before the interview but um a lot of times in sci-fi scripts especially ones that are set on a spaceship with a crew it's this like band of misfits coming together to fight the man you know and with this one, it's very much that um, it, it doesn't turn out quite as well. You know, they start sort of dropping like flies. There's a traitor in their midst. They're mm -hmm. very divided. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting approach to take to this sort of trope of the 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 team running the spaceship together. Mm. So uh, let's see. While, of course, this is a sci-fi script, it's also, like you said, a murder mystery at its core. So talk about how you went about constructing a story that's supposed to surprise the audience without completely confusing them or lying to them. Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> in the first draft of this script, this is the second or third, um, something like that, uh, the captain wasn't the murderer. It was Ash, oh. the gunner, right? Um, and uh, I had written it so that he had been the one who dumped the fuel and, you know, you had all that motivation with him uh, um, not wanting to help the war um, going on. And that's why he decides to stop this mission, because it is so important to destroy the space station. But then it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's not interesting enough. There's not enough. There's not enough there for me. So I left Ash as, um, as the character he was without having him become a murderer. And instead, have the uh, um, captain be this sort of authoritarian figure of yeah, you can almost compare it to the uh, dystopia, where the the state is absolute and has its eye on on everyone. Definitely. Yeah. No, I I love that, and I I think I think part of why it works for me, and I sort of just came to this conclusion is that um. Uh, all of the characters, in a way, have a bit of a motivation to, like, sabotage the mission or to, or, or right. to like, you know, uh, cause havoc. Um, and I think that's set up really well. And it, it reminds me of this theater piece that I actually saw when I was in high school. Um, it was basically like this murder mystery play. And uh, they take like a like someone someone gets killed, and then they sort of at uh, at the intermission they take a vote as to who people think 
is the killer. Mm-hmm. And what they do is I, I can't remember exactly what like, you know, if it's the person who gets the most votes or the, the least votes. But that night, it's based on the audience voting who is the murderer and which ending yeah so it changes every night and and i think that's just really cool but i think it sort of uh highlights what needs to happen in like a story like this and a murder mystery like this like everyone needs to have a motivation and everyone needs to have a reason why they potentially could be the traitor in the midst yeah and yeah yeah, and so i i think it was done really well uh in here too um i'm glad so Sort of, yeah, sort of jumping off of that, uh, you mentioned that uh, sort of it was the captain all along who was who was the traitor. Right. Um, but in, in in a certain sense, he was really just acting on like the crown's interests as like an inquisitor authorized to execute all these people. Yeah. And we we kind of knew this from a scene at the beginning with the admirable, the, the admirable, <laughs> the admiral. Um, so here's the question. Uh, in your opinion, who do you think is the protagonist of the script? Do you <laughs> think it's the captain or do you think it's Jade? That is a very good question. Um, We're throwing some hard ones at you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a I had a talk with a friend about this because um, I have a friend, I Sonia, if you're listening, um, who <laughs> who gave me a lot of feedback and helped me uh, write this the story. And um, to her, Jade was always the protagonist, right? Mm, yeah. um, but when when I wrote it, and especially in the second draft, I want the audience to sympathize with Lawrence, the, the captain. I want mm-hmm. his death to be a real shock to them and sort of the loss of the carrier of sympathy, if you will. Um, and at that point, hopefully the audience uh, um, gravitates towards Jade and like, sort of attaches themselves uh, to her. Yeah, I think I I definitely saw that too, especially because the very first scene we have is with Atwood and the Admiral and the Squire. Um, so, you know, I, it was definitely surprising to me when I first read this that he seemed to die so early on in the script, you know, because it felt like we were losing the protagonist. You know, we were in on what he was doing a little bit. But, you know, we weren't really sure of everybody else's motivation. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, too. Hmm. Okay, so this script also deals with a lot of themes surrounding politics, uh, specifically class difference. So talk about how you incorporated those into the script and why you chose to make that such an integral part of the story. Um, okay, how do I, how do I talk about this? Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's a very contemporary uh, subject, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, yes. Equality and lack thereof and um, social mobility. Um, and I wanted to comment on that or, or give um, perspectives to view the issue at without grounding it in our world. Because I think if you have something fantastical or have a sci-fi piece, it's much easier to look at the constellation without having the same, I don't want to say biases, but perhaps uh, preconceived notions towards mm-hmm. um, a social system. Yeah, no, 100%. Definitely. I, I thought that was really well said. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think I can even add to that. I think that was just really good. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think, uh, actually, I will add to it, but bring it back to the script. I love how sort of, um, 
you you also used like you know you use their sort of dialogue in itself to obviously talk about this but then in a way you sort of used um the captain's death as a way to sort of mirror sort of a little bit of their conflict you know um because you know the captain dies and then it's sort of left to the people to sort of govern themselves in a way to sort of figure things out for themselves. Right. So I thought and I that guess was they a... kind of have to decide too, like, are we going to continue with this monarchy and have Pierce, you know, become the new captain or yeah. are we going to, you know, just figure it out? Yeah. yeah. So whether that was intentional or not, I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is actually the last script question that we have, um, but it, it's a little more general, a little more fun. Uh, do you have a dream cast for this movie? Um, obviously it's kind of, it's a bit of a smaller cast. So if you want to choose a couple characters or all the characters, if you have them in mind, uh, definitely hit us with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, if it were possible, I would have, uh, liked to have cast, uh, Sean Connery as the captain. Ooh, yes. Ooh. Okay. Good choice. We're starting yeah. off strong. Um, then, uh, Pierce has to be a very pale ginger um mm-hmm. you I, know, i'm thinking of um uh, what's his name he was he's actually in I, I believe the most recent trilogy um uh gleason um not uh uh, uh the younger gleason uh of, of who was in the star wars uh Are recent you star about wars general trilogy. Hux, maybe maybe i don't know yeah. i don't know his name something yeah. like that okay he definitely gave yeah. me that vibe yeah. too yeah for yeah. sure that's that's honestly exactly who i thought of when uh when uh reading this script <laughs> yeah um yeah he would he would fit the role i think yeah yeah for sure for sure lauren do you have anyone and of any of the remaining characters who you would cast oh gosh i don't know um i mean you know of course i would like to be jade but uh i'm not a celebrity (laughs) lauren (laughs) lauren cast herself as jade i think that's fair i believe you're on the same level as as uh sean connery and uh (laughs) Uh, that one Gleason maybe not quite (laughs) yeah no no uh, but uh, definitely good choices for sure for For sure sure. so we have just a couple questions about you I think we'll actually um, end up getting out of here pretty quickly so you can go to bed Um, yeah (laughs) so what is your favorite movie set in space Uh, Alien Ooh, that good is choice. a good choice. We yeah. we recently, well, I I don't know how recently, really not that a couple recently. months, last ag- October maybe. Oh, was it really that yeah. long ago? Sheesh. Well, we watched Alien for the first time, uh, and that one holds up really well. Yeah. And I think, kind of in a similar way to this one, obviously, Alien has a lot of effects and um and things like that that would make it difficult. But for a while, it is like contained just in the ship and Mm -hmm. you know kind of a smaller cast in the ship as well and uh kind of has that sort of smaller story feeling which i which i think is is kind of similar to what we get with your script here Hmm. which i think is kind of cool yeah 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 what about you lauren do you have a favorite movie set in space oh i don't know alien alien's a good one um (laughs) there's also all of the star wars that you can choose from yeah that's that's what well how am i supposed to choose between all of the star wars is the problem yeah that's fair i don't know can i just cheat and say star wars in general sure (laughs) sure just the star wars franchise yeah yeah well fair very fair well so you just gotta hope that the new dune film will be the new favorite we'll, true. we'll, we'll true. see about that yeah we'll see <laughs> we have our fingers crossed for that one for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a little apprehensive um yeah we'll see Me we'll too. see yeah. oh you know i also will say um i didn't like the movie nearly as much as the book but i was a really big fan of the book ender's game mm. oh yes ah oh, phenomenal um 
And I was so excited for the movie. And then it was fine, you know, but (laughs) I I didn't like it as much as the book. Sure. Hard to hold up. Hard to hold up. Uh, So uh, one more question for you. Uh, so you just moved uh, uh, to Germany, as as you were telling us. Uh, d- I, we'd love to hear you talk about where you're originally from and what made you decide to move. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm German. My parents are German, um, mm. so I guess that makes me German. But I grew up in Singapore. I was born there, and I've lived there for the last 18 years. Um, wow. I was in Germany every now and then for holidays and to meet the, the family. But now I've moved here um, all alone. My parents and my brothers are still in Singapore. And um, I'm going to do uh, internships in the film industry. I've got one in a camera department in a production company. And the next year I'll um, look for something and um, maybe more in the direction of directing. But until then, I'm doing my driver's license at the moment. And yeah, as I, as I said, I'm helping out at the film festival in, in Munich. Um, and meeting people there and it's it's all very exciting (laughs) yeah that's amazing good for you that's super exciting and also like i really have to commend you for moving across the world on your own um and uh you know just settling in a new place and it sounds like you're doing really well with the film festival with the internships and everything so Mm. really props to you man i'm not uh, all alone i'm not all alone i I have a great (laughs) that's good family in in munich my aunts are here and um yeah it's they're taking care of me. Well, that's oh, good. It, it helps to have a, a few good aunts for sure. Yeah, yeah I've heard <laughs> Singapore is beautiful. Yeah, well, what type of beautiful? <laughs> um, the architecture is is very nice. That's that's true. I mean, but there there's no spectacular mountains or anything like that. But okay, yeah, fair, yeah. very fair. Very the jungle fair. is well, very interesting. Mm, sure, huh, okay. sure, 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 sure. Um, so yeah, that, that reaches the extent of all of our questions. Um, I guess we always like to open it up at the end. If you have any questions for us that you would like to ask, uh, if If not, not, no no worries. worries. We just like to open it up. (laughs) Um, no, not really. Uh, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. We, we should probably let you get to sleep. We've kept you up. We've kept you up for a while. Um, but thanks so much again for, uh, for coming on and talking to us. We really enjoyed the interview. Um, another thing we like to do is to allow you to plug anything. If you have any projects coming up that you want to promote anything you're releasing anytime soon, uh, just here's your time to do that. All right. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Stargazer Movies. And um, on uh, at the moment, I'm working on a new short film uh, based on the Stanislav uh, Lem short story about a race driver who loses limb after limb in driving accidents and is then completely turned into a prosthesis or his entire body consists of prostheses. Um, and then the company that creates the prosthesis sues him because they say he's not a human anymore. And the parts can't belong to himself and he disagrees he says he is a human because he's got a soul and that's the question of the film so if you're interested in that check out stargazer movies wow that, that sounds, sounds that sounds deep that's incredibly interesting that sounds great i will be checking that out for sure yeah and that link will be in the description below if any of you would like to check that out yeah for sure for sure well thank you so much again leopold we really appreciate you coming on man i thank yeah. you guys for having me on absolutely absolutely now you get a good night's rest okay yeah. all right Okay, all right. Bye, man. All right, take care. Bye, guys.